We are delighted on this week's edition of Unplugged to catch up with 287-game St Kilda star, a member of the 2009 and 10 Grand Finals and doing some terrific stuff in the media landscape at the moment. I speak of Lee Montagna. Joey, thanks for jumping on and having a chat to us. G'day, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, f- first of all, the, the year that was, you're only recently out of the St Kilda system on the back end of 2017, and, and a bit's changed since then, as we know, with, with Brett Ratton taking the reins. He wasn't at the club when, when you were there, obviously, back then. But what have you made of, I guess, the progress this year, going from four wins to nine, but in the face of a, a fair bit of difficulty at times? Yeah, I think the, the difficulty you touch on, probably something I think that, um, most of the football world probably overlooked how significant it was. I mean, when you think back to um, to the issues with Phil and Robert, and of course, at the start of the year, and, and Paddy McCartan and his heart issues, uh, sorry, his concussion issues, and then, you know, of course, um, Jack Stephen having his neck in the whole break, and, and there were just a lot of things, and even their skipper, Joan Geary, you know, and the injuries that he, he suffered as well were pretty significant. So I think that, would, that probably was, was overlooked a little bit, how significant that was. I know the boys started well, but... I just think as the year went on, it, it took its toll a little bit and, and wore them down, and, and they probably had to, to dig into their, um, you know, their depth a little bit, which is probably an area of the list that, that they sort of need to keep working on. So, look, I think nine was reasonable. I, I think the expectation of the year before is probably not the true form line. I mean, four wins the year before was a real disappointment. So you probably had to go to the, the two years before that with 11 and 12 wins. is a bit more of a benchmark. So I think... The club is probably at where they're at. You know, they're a team that's just outside of the, the, the top eight or nine teams in the competition at the moment. They've uh, got plenty of scope to improve. Joey, Nick Splitter here, mate. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, obviously, as you said, it was was a disappointing year in some regards, but there are some, some I guess, some reasons as to why that happened. Um, what would you say is the major positive to come out of this year, and what are you looking forward to seeing from Brett Ratton's team in, in 2020? Oh, I think that the improved offence, I mean, this year they, they stripped it back and, and really focused on, on getting some consistency with their defence. And I think we saw that, particularly in the first half of the year, they were really strong behind the ball. They had a really good system going. Um, and that's why they were getting the wins the wins earlier. They were, they were able to sort of nullify team scoring. And then as the season went on, and as I said, they, their depth was probably tested and they probably started to lose a little bit of confidence in their system. That fell away. And then when that happens, it becomes harder on offense to, to then really try and hit the scoreboard. So I think Brett Ratton will just have that really nice blend between offense and defense. And I think that's what we're seeing with all the strong teams in the competition. You look at you know Richmond, who are really good both sides of the football. The Giants, you know, have really improved their defense. We've always known they've been a good offensive team. Uh, Geelong, you know, same sort of thing, very strong defensively, but obviously we know they can score. And the Brisbane Lions as well. So I think that's where the competition is heading to have it. Just an even balance of both sides of the football and. I think Brett Ratton's got that ability to uh, to bring that into the footy club. They've got the good ground in their their defence, and now they can just keep that in layers to their offence. G'day, Joey. Aaron here. Great to have you on here. Um, obviously, you had the position with Frio this year, um, so you've obviously seen a fair bit of Brad Hill. So what do you think he can add to the team, and where do you think he slides in? Yeah, look, I think he's a genuine start. You're right. I watched uh, a lot of uh, Fremantle games behind the goals this year, and his ability to cover the ground at speed is what stands out. I mean, he gets from one side of the ground 
the other or from one end to the other quicker than any player in the competition. He's just got a high uh, cruising speed. So I think under the roof uh, at Marvel, he's going to suit him down to the ground. Um, if the offense, as I said, allows him to, to flourish and, you know, they, they switch the ball and, and get the ball to the open side or, you know, or give him those handball receives across half back, he can, he's certainly a line breaker and can do some damage. I'm, I'm very excited to see him uh, in the St Kilda Colours and certainly it's a wing. A wing's his best spot without a doubt. He can get up and down the ground. He can even potentially play as a, maybe start as a half forward and then come up the ground and, and utilise his ball winning ability. A bit like what the Giants did with Lockie Whitfield this year, who would start as a forward, but really would just come up in the midfield and, and be their sort of, uh, you know, their, their go-to with ball in hand. So, no, looking forward to seeing Brad Hill and, and Jack Billings on the other wing. Looking at your time as, as well, and, and I guess this is the time of year where, um, you know, there is a lot of that reflection on careers when we get to grand final stages. And I understand, having spoken to a lot of guys, that the, a lot of the, the past players at St Kilda get together at sort of this time of year, those that played in those grand finals in... 2009 and 10. Uh, does that get sort of easier every year in, in terms of the pain of, of 9 and 10? Or, or when you see teams break droughts like the Bulldogs in 2016 and, and Richmond the year after, does, does it make it a little bit harder to swallow? Yeah, no, it certainly is getting easier each year. No doubt early after we'd lost in, in those periods, it was more difficult. I, I still always love watching the grand finals, but probably struggle to watch the celebrations and the, and the players get their medals. For me now, it's much easier and even some guys I know that, that really struggle, you know, guys like um, Nick Rewalt and BJ and a few of the other boys, I know they, even speaking to Rui just recently the other day, found it a lot easier this year watching Richmond. And I think as time passes, and you, you reflect a little bit more and, and realise there are more sometimes important things than, than just the medal. And, and we've got the journey and the experience and the friendship of going through all that together, which, you know, which is, is a huge part of, of what winning a premiership is. It's more about the journey and getting to that, you know, the peak of the mountain together rather than just getting, you know, dropped onto the onto that peak of the mountain. So we've we sort of got a bit more of a, I suppose, an attitude of being able to reflect in a different light. And, and we're certainly comfortable that, you know, as, as we know through those those years, we gave our all. And that's all you can ask with anything in life. You give your best and uh, and you walk away and um, and the boys are pretty content, although there's always going to be that, that little part of your career and the resume missing with the medal. But, um, you know, that's sport and, and, and that's life. Joey, you, you mentioned that, that one of the biggest things that you can take away from your time was that friendship and, and mateship and, and the togetherness of, of that team. What what was it about that unit in, you know, 08, 9, 10, um, et cetera, that, yeah. that kind of made it so special? What what was it that kind of brought you guys together? Yeah, it's a good question. It's the respect. It was the respect and trust that you had in every single player. I mean, there was no better feeling than that five minutes before a game in the rooms where we'd, we'd sort of give each other a handshake and a hug and look each other in the eye and you just... You just knew what you were going to get from your mate next to you. And that's what, what really the bond that we've got, as much as we, you know, we're mates off the field and went on footy trips. And you do that with a lot of other players. You, you do that with a lot. Of, I've gone on a lot of footy trips with guys that I no longer speak to or were friends with guys that you, you very rarely see. But that particular sort of group um, and the ones that are still very connected have just got a, a bond through respect and trust. In we gave our all. You know, you gave everything for your mate. You gave everything for the team. Um and that's all you could ask. So that's the best way to describe it. That um, you know, it's a bit different to just having friendships or guys that you would socially have a good time with. It was a real sort of tight knit group that you could look across it to your mate on the left or the right, and you just knew what they were going to give. And and that's what footy's all about. And that's why you know when young kids came in, the footy club was all about you know we used to speak about being liked versus respected. And um, everyone wants to be liked, but it's not liked that keeps you friendship blokes. It's being respected, and um, and that's what that group had. 
Now, speaking of friendships and bonds and everything like that, so the draft that you came through in, obviously we had the revolt Kaczynski before you, but the group that came in with you was probably a bit of a super group. It filled quite a few spots of, with you and Ball and Delsano, Clark, Maguire. How did that group yep. come in and how did you all get along? You're still, still good with mates with all them and how, how are they Yeah, going? yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's a, we we had a really tight um, bond at the start, and and we were always spending a lot of time together. And initially, the first couple of years, end of season, it was just us as a group that went away together, and we were, we were really tight. Um, so we were sort of lucky in that respect. But again, as we've sort of gotten older, and you know, that's now eighteen, nineteen years ago. You know, we, we're all still uh, obviously going to be friends forever, but harder to see a lot of those guys, and really. As much as you know, David Clark and, and Matty McGuire, uh, and even to a little bit of an extent, Luke Ball, uh, we're all friends because probably, uh, particularly sort of Matt and Xavier weren't part of that, that sort of nine and ten teams. You know, it's probably the guys that we don't see as often. But um, and Luke Ball sort of fits somewhere in between because he was he was there in '09 and then was obviously at the Pies in 2010. But um, no, they're fond memories, and I was very lucky to come to with those guys. They made me a better player purely by their competitiveness. And, uh, and their determination early, I and mean, it taught me uh, what it was what was needed to work hard and, and probably to have those guys your age to compete with, you know, whether it was in the gym or in your running sessions or those sorts of things. So we really pushed each other, and I think that's what helped us get the best out of each other. Lee Montagna is with us. If I get this timeline wrong, I apologise. So as I understand, you broke your leg in your first game against Collingwood, which was in 2002, and then for the next couple of years, Grant Thomas primarily used you, it seemed, as a small forward, sort of half forward, who who'd sort of pinch hit through the middle. And was it 2006 that you, uh, you you started to play really regular midfield time? And and was that sort of the moment where you, you sort of really felt that you'd uh, you'd arrived at AFL level? Yeah, spot on. Yeah, first year, just the one senior game and, and had a broken ankle. And then in and out of the side for probably the next three years, I was probably one that just still needed to work on my football and it was always sort of quite... Uh, quite small and, and needed to work on the contested side and just trying to find a regular spot. He was a pretty strong team, you know, still made prelims in, in 04 and 05 and then um, and was played as a, as a half forward, small forward. And then in 2006, you're right, I, I got the opportunity to start off by playing a few run with roles. I actually got a bit of a, a few tagging opportunities um, on the likes of Jason Akimanis and, and Daniel Wells and, and a few guys. And, um, and from there, I was able to do a reasonable job to, to then hold my spot and sort of play a bit more wing through that period. And that's, you're right, when I found regular in that senior team and that's when you start to feel more comfortable when you, when you know you're going to get a game each week and you can just continue to improve rather than sort of worrying about whether you're going to get picked or not um, and you know, the career sort of flourished from, from sort of 2006 onwards. Joey, on a couple of the previous episodes of, of Unplugged, we've had some guys, the likes of Spider Everett, uh, Stephen Milne, Adam Schneider and one of the things that those guys all have in common is that they're all a bit of a larrikin, loved a bit of a laugh and had some fun in the locker room. You were probably in that same uh, that same range earlier in your career, especially as, as a younger bloke. What's the what's the greatest prank you've seen at the footy club in your time? Oh, the greatest prank! God, that's a hard one. I remember one oh, one day, Cosy caught a possum and was giving us the shits where <laughs> we lived together. There's a tree above us that kept making these noises. So Cosy set out a bit of a possum trap because he's a bit of a country lad. Was able to catch it, and then he took it to the footy club and stuck it in one of the boys' lockers uh, in, in the early, early in the morning. So when the, when the, the uh, young fella, Barry Brooks, opened his locker, uh, the possum quickly jumped out and was, was running around the, uh, the change rooms going mad. So that was probably something that I remember that sticks out that uh, was very quite funny. And then it got quite dangerous because the possum was 
was cutting loose and uh, the boy started running away from it. So, uh, yeah, that, that was uh, one that sticks out. But, yeah, plenty of pranks around, you know, car moving blokes' cars and all those sorts of things. But, um, yeah, that's, that's one that I remember. Uh, just following on from what Darren was mentioning about before about positional changes, that sort of thing, um, you're pretty well finished in the back line, um, sort of marshalling the troops a little bit and a bit of the rebound footy and all that sort of thing. Did you sort of base your game on anything? Because it kind of felt a bit like of a Circa Aussie Jones kind of... Um, how he played his game and that sort of thing. Did you take any inspiration from anyone or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, funny to say, Aussie Jones, in my career when I was younger, Aussie was sort of someone I looked up to and sort of based my game around because he was sort of a wingman and, uh, and played similar and then he did, he played a lot of halfback. But no, he just evolved through necessity. Um, at that time at St Kilda, we had a, a younger side. Um, you know, I was probably getting a little bit slower and, it was a bit easier to play across half-back and, and a bit more experience to, to use um, my leadership and, and ball kicking out of there. So it just more evolved. So I didn't really look to anyone to uh, to try and emulate. It was more just doing whatever, or what came naturally to me playing that role. And um, I really enjoyed it. I actually liked having that challenge of something different after sort of playing so many years as a, as a wing sort of um, midfielder. Um, it was nice to actually go and learn sort of, you know, the, the craft of, of playing as a, as a half-back and the angles and, and the positional play, where to sit off, where to push up. So I actually really enjoyed that challenge. And, um, yeah, I think it, it certainly helped the team as well to ha- just have that bit of an experienced head back there with, with the younger guys, with the likes of, you know, Jimmy Webster and Shane Savage and, uh, and a young Dylan Robinson back there. From your final year in, in 2017, the last one from me, was there a, a player in particular that you thought, you know, this is the guy that, that I'm going to observe you know, over the course of, of his career because I'm sort of excited about what he has to offer? Is it a Jay Gresham type that, that's got that sort of exciting mix of forward and mid? And we heard Brett Ratton speaking a, a little bit about that. Is there one perhaps that um, you always sort of earmarked from, from an early stage to, to be a star? Yeah, early days. I, it was probably Jack Billings' early days, about 2014, 15. I, I did a fair bit of work with him. Uh, with his footy, but you're right, it, was, it probably was Gresham by the time I left. Um, I really warmed to him. He's a you know, northern suburbs boy like myself, uh, a bit of a lad like myself, and just had that bit of swagger. And I like the guys that have got that bit of confidence, and um, he certainly has that and, and really enjoys his company. He's a, he's a good kid. So he's one that I'm excited to sort of watch as he goes on, and, and great to see him continually improving. And probably Ben Long was the other one. Just, again, just another terrific kid that... You know, moved down from Darwin and um, he's got a, a real sort of a swagger and a confidence about him that I, that I like and, and he's got some real toughness and, and abilities. He just needs to sort of cement himself in the side and, and find a, a regular spot. But I can see him being a, a long-term player like, you know, like a few of those Richmond small forwards that have made a name for themselves with their speed and pressure and, and what they've done to that Richmond footy club. So probably Gresham and Ben Longer too that, uh, that I really warm to and, and look forward to watching. And just to finish off, basically your favourite moment. Um, you've kicked quite a few nice goals from the 50 on the boundary. Um, you got the winner against Melbourne that time, but which moment would just stand out for you overall? In a game or just as a just career highlight? A what? career highlight. Um, yep. Yeah, career highlight, no doubt, it's making your first grand final. I mean, that, that Western Bulldogs prelim, um, you know, it was a tight, tense game. We were under the pump there for a while and um, to get away with that win, you know, with really toe-poking it off the, in the goal square, and you, you know, you realise you're going to make your first grand finals at a pretty special moment. So that one will always stick with me. And sort of an in-game one, um, I think it was 2015, maybe, was when we came back from about 50 points down against the Western Bulldogs. Yep. And, it was, and it was watching Jack Billings, really. And as I said, because I'd sort of worked with him 
uh, as a kid and, and him turning it on in that second half and, and kicking that goal, you know, to get us to come back from that big of a deficit. When we were a team that was struggling, uh, I was really proud. That was more of a proud moment as a bit of a, a father figure watching that uh, that unfold as well. So they're probably the two that stick out for me. Uh, Lee, thank you very much for, for joining us. I do remember in that 2009 grand final tour, of all of your career highlights, I remember the goal you kicked late in the third quarter, the snap off the front of the pack. I've hardly heard a louder roar from a crowd than that one when you when you put the Saints in front. Unfortunately, obviously, we just fell short. But but thank you for, for joining us. Well done on a super career, and we look forward to your uh, ongoing media work. Yeah, thank you. Unfortunately, that was the last goal we kicked for the yeah. game. We didn't kick one in the last quarter, so unfortunately. But uh, no, thanks, guys. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it.